Second Samuel chapter six. We're going to read verses twelve through twenty-three. Second Samuel six verses twelve through twenty-three to open up with. Holy Scripture says, It was reported to King David, Yahweh has blessed Obed-Edom's family and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Mighty One. So David went and had the ark of the Mighty One brought up from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David with rejoicing. When those carrying the ark of Yahweh advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf David was dancing with all his might before Yahweh, wearing a linen ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of Yahweh with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. As the ark of Yahweh was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter Michal looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before Yahweh, and she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of Yahweh and set it in its place inside the tent David had set up for it. And then David offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in Yahweh's presence. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of Yahweh of hosts. Then he distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake to each one of the whole multitude of the people of Israel both men and women, and then all the people left, each to his own home. When David returned home to bless his household, Saul's daughter, Michal, came out to meet him. How the king of Israel honored himself today, she said. He exposed himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects like a vulgar person would expose himself. David replied to Michal, I was dancing before Yahweh, who chose me over your father, and his whole family to appoint me ruler over Yahweh's people Israel. I will celebrate before Yahweh, and I will humble myself even more and humiliate myself. I will be honored by the slave girls you spoke about. And Saul's daughter, Michal, had no child to the day of her death. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. There are verses in the Bible that sit well with us because they don't upset our apple cart. They go along with what we already think. They align with our upbringing and our current understanding, and we don't get uncomfortable reading those verses in the Bible. However, there are also verses in the Bible that do not sit well with us. We might even be reading and we think to ourselves when we read a text that doesn't sit well with us, we think, yikes, that's in the Bible. I sure hope the preacher never preaches on these verses. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this too much. But brothers and sisters, we should not be ashamed of any of Yahweh's commandments, any of Yahweh's ways, His purposes, or what pleases Him. We should not be ashamed with any of that. We should never dismiss anything that is approved in Scripture, calling it abnormal, or weird. It is true that some things might be weird to us because we have our own personal way of looking at things. But if something is not weird or strange to Yahweh, if Yahweh loves something, then we should seek to love that same something. 
to be a lover of what Yahweh loves. Over the years, I've tried to acquire the mind of Yahweh. Does that mean I have always had the mind of Yahweh? Well, no, of course not. I'm a weak and feeble man. As Abraham said, I am but dust and ashes as he pled with Yahweh there over the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But I've tried to trust in Yahweh with all of my heart and I've tried not to lean to my own understanding. I've tried to let go of what I want or what I think and pray, Yahweh, fill me with your mind and guide me by your Spirit and help me to let go of anything that is not in accordance with your truth. That's my prayer. I pray every day. When you make that your life's goal, people will often think that you're nuts. It is only because they are judging what you're doing based on a man-made standard or man-made rule. When you decide that your standard is Yahweh, His law word, there are going to be times when you upset people's apple cart because they go by a different standard. I had the opportunity to teach a Bible study at another congregation last Friday night and I taught on the law, on the Torah, very basic, fundamental, elementary lesson. A lot of people are fresh, new, never even heard about it before. One of the things that I pointed out was is that there are people that know me as a person that think that I'm too strict and, you know, have too tight of a rope, strung too tight because of some of the things that I do and practice. Then on the other hand, there are people that think that I'm too loose and too liberal because of some of the things that I practice. Now, I'm just going by this. I'm just reading this. And I want to warn you, when you do that, when you put it in your mind that you're going to read the Bible and you're going to believe what it says, you're going to have some people think that you're too strict, you're legalistic, and you're going to have some people think that you're a liberal and you're too loose. And that's because they're judging by their own standard. Maybe the own standard they've come up with in their mind, maybe their church denomination standard. But whatever it is, if it's not Yahweh's law word, they're judging it by a different standard. And so... Obviously, they're going to think, well, he's too strict here. He's too loose here. How could that be a sin? How could that not be a sin? Naturally, human beings think that they're wise in their own eyes. We lean to our own understanding instead of Yahweh's own understanding. But what does Scripture say? Be not wise in your own eyes. Proverbs 3, 5-7. through 7. Fear Yahweh instead. And until we're willing to let go of all of our man-made traditions, doctrines, denominational teachings, whatever they are, beliefs that we hold personally, we are not trusting Yahweh with all of our heart. We must say and pray, this needs to be an everyday prayer, Yahweh, please help me to think like you think. Please teach me your ways. Please help your standards be my standards. That's why I subtitled, I wrote a book called Learning to Love His Law. That's a good title, but I like the subtitle better. The subtitle is Training Our Minds to Think Like the Creator. And I'm specifically talking about in regards to His commandment, statutes, and judgment. Sin is the transgression of the Torah. 1 John 3, 4, nothing more, nothing less. Okay, Don't add to or take it away. Brother Elijah, my son, read that in Deuteronomy 12, 32 before... 
You know, we went into the testimonies and everything. So we've got to get this in our mind. Yahweh, help me pray. When you pray, say, Yahweh, help me to think like you think. I want your ways to be my ways. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. That doesn't mean you're going to be as smart as Yahweh, but the gist of what I'm saying is, what he says is right will be right in your mind. What he says is wrong will be wrong in your mind. You'll look to the sacred scripture to, to find those things out. Well, King David was a man who loved Yahweh's standards. Don't forget what we learned back in the first lesson that I taught about David. Yahweh himself spoke very highly of David. Yahweh told Solomon, David's son, in a dream. Yahweh visited Solomon in a dream after David had died. Yahweh said this to Solomon, If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments just as your father David did, I will give you a long life. That's 1 Kings 3 verse 14. Now, when Yahweh speaks well of a man, that means a lot. Sometimes we read in the Bible where a man spoken well of by another man. And that can be a good thing too. But when Yahweh speaks highly of a man, we ought to give him some praise and some honor. And he spoke highly of David. David's a very righteous man. Not a sinless man, but if you follow David around, he was a lawful man. He wasn't a practicing transgressor. Well, one thing that David understood, and we get to the meat of my lesson today, one thing that David understood was that song and praise was before Yahweh. And you read in the Bible where it talks about, like Yahweh tells Abraham, walk before me, be blameless, or praise before my face. Literally, before means in his presence. Walk in my presence, praise in my presence. David understood that song and praise was before Yahweh, even when in the presence of a large assembly like in 2 Samuel chapter 6. You may have a thousand people around you in praise and song, but if you're singing and praising biblically, you're singing too and praising Yahweh, praising the Almighty. Now I believe that we often forget this when we sing as an assembly, not just in this assembly, but in assemblies in general in the world. It happens with a lot of things, biblical things that we do because if we're not careful, they can become ritualistic or routine. We go through the motions and there's really nothing coming from the heart or from the mind, the new heart and the new mind, I should say. We enter into the Sabbath service and we think in our minds, okay, we're going to come to Sabbath service, we're going to have prayer, we're going to sing some songs, this, 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 and this. And before we know it, it becomes just something that's very ritualistic and rigid. And there's nothing wrong with having order. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, when he's talking about spiritual gifts, he says everything's supposed to be done decently and in order. Okay? I think a lot of people ignore that verse. Okay? So we want to be orderly and decent, but we don't want it to become a ritual or something that is robotic something that's not coming from our heart, from our emotion. It's okay to be emotional about Yahweh. That's okay. We should not be driven by emotion, but it's okay to be emotional about Yahweh. It's okay to cry. It's okay to raise your hands to Yahweh. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to serve Yahweh with emotion. So I think we often forget these things, and we we just sing the words of the songs without thinking about the words, without realizing that when we sing, Yahweh is up in heaven and He is listening to us. He's actually listening. He has ears. You know, the Bible says Yahweh has ears. And, he, and they can hear with Him. And He listens to us when we sing. 
We forget that He inhabits the praises of Israel. The Bible says that. He inhabits, lives in the praises of Israel. We go through the motions and we forget that we're singing to the Most High and it's almost like we just sing like we're singing to one another. Listen, our praise is called a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says this, Let us continually offer up to the Almighty a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips that confess His name. I don't think that we remember that we're offering a sacrifice when we're praising and we're singing to Yahweh every Sabbath, every new moon, every feast. It's not just a song we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of Yahweh. It's Bible, Hebrews 13, 15. Let us offer up a continual sacrifice of praise. What does that mean, a sacrifice? Well, we're not sacrifices brought to Yahweh supposed to be worth something. A sacrifice was costly. As a matter of fact, in the book of Malachi, there were some people that were rebuked because they weren't bringing the best of the animals to Yahweh for sacrifice. They were bringing main animals and lame animals and blind animals for sacrifice. Yahweh said, take that to your governor. I don't want any of that. I need the best. I'm a great king and I'm worthy to be honored and praised. Sacrifices were to be worth something. Think about the firstborn male of a flock. A firstborn is not only first in time, but he's often chief in strength and he's very vibrant. Think about dedicating that male to Yahweh when he's eight days old, as the Torah commands, and then when he turns a year old, full-grown, stout, worth a lot, you bring him as a sacrifice to Yahweh, and he's costly. He's worth something. And you offer him in sacrifice to Yahweh. Abel did that. You know, I never eat the first fruits of my garden. I don't have a priest, a Levite priest, to take them to. But I always find somebody else to bless with my first fruits. Or sometimes I just set my first fruits aside. I've got a little well beside my garden, and there's been times when I've picked first fruits off of different plants and I've set them on that well, not really knowing exactly what to do with my first fruits. I don't feel right eating them because they're the first fruits. They're special. They don't belong to me, they belong to Yahweh. So I set them on that well, and I just say a prayer and said, Yahweh, I'm not going to eat the first fruits out of my garden because they belong to you. So other times I've taken them to Brother Arnold. I've taken them to other brothers in the congregation. And I bless other people with them. Do you know how hard it is for me not to eat my first fruits? <laughs> if, you've, if you've never experienced that, if you've never planted a garden, nurtured that plant, you can learn a lot about life and Bible from planting a garden. You plant a garden. I'll use tomatoes because I think we all like tomatoes in here. It's a common plant down here in Georgia. And we plant those plants. I've got a tomato tree at my house, several plants going up a teepee. And then I've got other tomatoes that, that are growing uh, uh, like sandwich tomatoes. You plant that plant. You nurture that plant. You water that plant. You fertilize that plant. Sometimes you trim that plant. You groom that plant when the leaves get brown. Or if you're growing vine tomatoes, you can pluck the suckers off of that tomato plant and it grows better. And you work with that plant. And you're the only one that spent time with that plant. And hours and hours. And maybe you've even talked to that plant because the oxygen helps the plants to grow. I mean, that's not, that's not crazy. That's something that's scientific. I talk to my plants. 
Am I the only one that talks to his plants? When you do that, and then all of a sudden on that tomato vine, you see this big old tomato start forming. And it's a green one, and it's the first one. And then all of a sudden it gets red. And you know it tastes good. You know it's going to taste good. But you think, I can't eat that tomato. I've I got to take that tomato to my elder brother Arnold. Or I'm going to take that tomato to another elder in the faith. I'm not going to eat that tomato. That's difficult. You may think, oh, Brother Matthew, it's not that hard. Try it sometime. Try it sometime. I want to eat those tomatoes. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice for me to pick that tomato and give it to somebody else when I've been the one that's nurtured it and watered it. Our praise is to be a sacrifice to Yahweh. David wrote in Psalm 141, verse 2, May my prayer be set before you as incense and the raising of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Yet we sometimes approach Yahweh with shoulders shrugged and we sing, We bring sacrifice of praise into the house of Yahweh. That's not a sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. Sacrifice is coming to church and during praise and song, you don't really think about, you're thankful to be here with your brothers and sisters, but you, you kind of recognize that your praise and your song isn't to them. Whether you can sing in tune or not in tune, you can make a joyful noise in your heart and in your mouth. And your praise is to the Almighty. He's in heaven listening. And you're supposed to bring, I'm supposed to bring, you're supposed to bring our best praise to Yahweh. Our best, the best that we can muster up, the best that we've got. Sometimes I think we might think, oh no, not this song again. Didn't Brother Matthew just sing this song last week? Didn't we just sing this song a couple weeks ago? I know I've thought that when I've been to church before. Instead of really concentrating and meditating on the words and realizing what a great loving Father we have, (laughs) what a wonderful Father we have. He's so great. He's so wonderful. Psalm 147 verse 1 says that it is good to sing to Yahweh For praise is pleasant and praise is lovely. When we sing praise, we must remember that it is before Yahweh. It is before Yahweh's face. We're singing to the Creator, brothers and sisters. His power is infinite and His kindness is flowing and overflowing. And He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. He is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and He's rich in faithful love. It's our awesome, loving Father. Well, David had all of this in mind in 2 Samuel chapter 6, the text we opened up with, where the Israelites were bringing the Ark of Yahweh's Covenant to the city of David, which is the city of Bethlehem, the same city that the Messiah was born in later on. And David was dancing, verse 14 says, with all his might before Yahweh. All his might. Now, a quick side note here. David was not dancing naked. I've heard a lot of sermons in my life, especially when I was little growing up. Sometimes you'd hear two every Sunday, one every Wednesday, and then when you'd have revival, you'd hear seven sermons during the week. Sometimes you'd have two preachers preach at one service. So I've heard a lot of sermons, and I've heard that preached before that David danced naked, but that is, that's wrong. That's just wrong. And it amazes me that they teach that. But 2 Samuel 6.14 says that David was wearing a linen ephod, and the parallel text in 1 Chronicles 15, same account, 1 Chronicles 15, verse 27, says that David was dressed in a robe 
of fine linen, and also over top he had a linen ephod, or like a, a breast piece, a middle piece. So David was not dancing naked, but what David was doing was this. He was placing himself, He was remember, he was the king of Israel, so he's high above all the other Israelites. He's king over both houses there for a while. He's high above the Israelites, and David is placing himself, even though he's king, down amongst the commoners, and he's just saying, I'm just another person just like you guys. And I'm going to get in here amongst you, and I'm going to praise Yahweh. I'm no better than anybody else. And that's what David was doing. He was being humble. It was his way of saying, yes, I'm the king, but I'm just really another person. I'm but dust and ashes. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I die. That's what David was saying. And with all of his might, David danced before Yahweh. Now, have you ever done something with all of your might? Think about this. I thought about this and I put this sermon together and this is what I thought about. One year we had a men's softball team for the church, Walnut Grove. TJ and Danny kind of spearheaded that thing. Okay, It was fun. It was great. And a lot of times Brother TJ would have me up to bat first. And I think it's because he thinks that I can run fast. He says, like a gazelle, like a deer I look like out there. Or maybe that was Ken that called me the gazelle. I don't know. But I remember I'd get on that base, on first base, if I'd make a base hit, and I'd, I'm very competitive. I get that from my dad. I try to hide it, but I'm very competitive, okay? That's something I have to work with and struggle with um, when I still play sports, but I don't play a whole lot now. But I'd get on first base, and I don't want to get out. I do not want to get out. And so when the next guy comes up to hit, I run, if, if it's just a second base, if it's in my mind that I can make it to second, I run to second base, Brother Ron, with all of my might. Or if it's an outfield hit and I think I can make it home, I run to home plate with all of my might. And I mean, I really do it. With, with everything in me, as fast as these wheels will take me, I run with all of my might. Have you ever done something with all of your might? Think about it, meditate on it, things that you do in life. What's something that you've done with all of your might? Transfer that to 2 Samuel 6.14. David danced before Yahweh with all of his might. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. That's one of those verses that upset the apple cart of distinguished Christians. Like I was talking about at the beginning, sometimes we read verses and they don't really sit well with us. I think that some people are so distinguished that that verse would upset them and they think, I just I can't do that, especially in front of all those people that David was in front of. I just can't do that. I can't make myself look like I'm being humiliated in front of everybody and dancing before Yahweh. Some people read that, and like I said, they say, well, I hope that doesn't get preached on. But Psalm 149 says this, Let Israel celebrate its Maker. Let them praise His name with dancing and make music to Him with tambourine and lyre, or harp. Psalm 150 says, Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with flute and with strings. Psalm 30, 10-12 says, Yahweh, listen to me and be gracious to me. Yahweh, be my help. You turn my lament into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Brothers and sisters, we've got way too much to be thankful for to be silent. We've got way too much that Yahweh has blessed us in 
to come into this assembly and be silent and not bring a sacrifice of praise to Yahweh. I'm just as guilty. I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not trying to push. I'm just like anybody else. I'm saying all of us as a whole, we've got too much to be thankful for to be silent before Yahweh. We need to let Him turn our mourning into dancing and our sackcloth into gladness. Yahweh has done way too much for me for me to remain silent. He has blessed me in so many ways over the years, both naturally and spiritually. And He continues to watch out for me and my children. As I was putting this sermon together the other, the other morning, I started on it one morning. I had, was preparing two, two lessons for this week, yesterday and today. Now, as I began on this one midweek, I was so moved by this text. Tisha was asleep. It was early. I like to study early. My mind's fresh. I was so moved by this text that I climbed out from up under my steps. That's where my little office is, under my cedar steps that Brother Arnold and Melvin built at the cabin. And I climbed out from underneath my steps. And it was, I don't know, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I just began to just kind of do this. <laughs> and I just thanked Yahweh and I got beside myself. I got beside myself and I tried to be quiet because I didn't want to wake Tisha up. She's been up a lot watching the puppies. I didn't want to wake her up. I said, Yahweh, forgive me. I haven't, I haven't brought you the best sacrifice that I could bring. Like Brother Arnold said in the testimony service, let us continue to learn and to grow. And this might be one of those things we can grow in. Whereas we may think, well, you know, we sing and we praise, but is it really a sacrifice that we're bringing to Yahweh? When we come here, do we think, well, it's time to offer my sacrifice. It's time to give Him my first, my chief, my best. Yahweh's done so much for me. He kept me alive all six working days. He blessed me with so much. I had food every day. I didn't have to go hungry. I've got a roof up above me, as the song says. Shoes on my feet. Food on my table. Clothes on my back. Let me bring you a sacrifice, Yahweh, because you blessed me so much. And not just in the natural, you've blessed me in the spiritual. I've had a conscience all week. When I sinned this time, my conscience bothered me. And you allowed me to be able to repent. You granted repentance in my heart. And when I said this coarse word to my brother, I felt bad about it. And Yahweh, you stirred up my heart to go back and ask him to forgive me. That's the spiritual blessings of Yahweh. You blessed me with my children. You blessed me with my spouse. You blessed me with my brothers and my sisters in the congregation. Those are blessings of Yahweh. We bring a sacrifice to fruit of our lips. But is it a sacrifice? Is it a sacrifice? And for goodness sakes, let's say it again. Psalm 103, it really is becoming my favorite psalm of David. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. He has not repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love to those who fear His name. And He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. As a father has compassion on his children, so does Yahweh have compassion on those who fear Him and those who call upon Him. Psalm 103. That's plenty enough to make me leap and to dance before Yahweh and cry tears of gladness because of His goodness and His compassion and His love and His grace and His mercy and His long-suffering of our holy and righteous Creator, Yahweh of hosts is His name. I feel excited like Moses' sister Miriam, who at around 90 years old, maybe older, 
After the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, she took her tambourine and she led the women of Israel in a dance at 90 years old, maybe older than that. And she sang to Yahweh, I will sing unto you, Yahweh, for you have triumphed gloriously the horse and the rider of the Egyptians you have dashed and thrown into the sea. I will sing unto Yahweh. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 15. If praise is a sacrifice, and it is, I want to give Yahweh the best sacrifice that I can give Him. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. He has taken all my sins away. He has taken all my sins away. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to be renewed in our mind of where Yahweh brought us from. We need to remember the pig pen or the dark pit, the torment or the sin that we were forgiven of and delivered from. People need to think back on their former days. We all do. When the Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, having no hope and without Yahweh in the world, but Yahweh who is abundant in mercy because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive with the Messiah. Ephesians chapter 2. David danced with all of his might before Yahweh and there were shouts of joy and the blowing of the shofars all around. But then there was a woman, Saul's daughter, David's wife, one of them, named Michal. She was watching this going on out of her window. And she saw the king down there with the commoners, all the people, leaping and dancing, not on his throne, not highly exalted, but just leaping and dancing before Yahweh with all of his might, just like I ran around those bases with all of my might. That was what David was doing, but he was dancing before Yahweh. And the Bible says that she despised him in her heart. She thought, my husband shouldn't do that. He needs to be more distinguished. He needs to be more highly exalted. He's the king. Saints, don't ever despise the praises of Yahweh. When you see somebody praising, and maybe it's not on you, when you see somebody else praising, don't ever despise the praises of Yahweh upon a man or a woman's heart. Rejoice with them. Be thankful that somebody's praising Yahweh with all their might. Don't think that they're acting unkempt. By all means, don't throw a wet blanket on the Spirit of Yahweh. Instead, be thankful that Yahweh is touching that person. Be thankful that Yahweh is moving upon their heart. If you see somebody, whether it's a sister, a brother, or a child, with hands lifted high as a sacrifice, an evening sacrifice, and tears streaming down their face, be thankful that Yahweh is moving on them. And then, maybe... You ought to go over there and rub their shoulder a little bit and pray that whatever's on them will rub off on you. That person is likely praising Yahweh so strongly because they've been delivered from something. Just like the prostitute that washed Yeshua's feet and her sins were many, the Bible says. But those who are forgiven much love much, the Bible says. And so she was so overwhelmed that she cared not about all the Pharisees and the doctors and the law that were in the, in the house. And she knelt down, she cried, wept severely, and then she wiped his feet with her hair. She was so thankful, she had a praise in her heart because she was forgiven much. She'd been delivered. Somebody that praises Yahweh or cries tears of joy, maybe they've been delivered from being a drug addict. Or maybe they've been delivered from alcohol, drunkenness. Maybe they've been delivered from the bondage of illicit sexual activity or being a thief. 
Or maybe even somebody has been forgiven of murder like Saul of Tarsus was. And he did it in ignorance. He blasphemed and murdered in ignorance. But Yahweh had mercy on him. He or she that is forgiven much, love much. So when you see a praise on a person's heart, be thankful for them and say, Thank you, Yahweh. Let me go over there and let me hope that that can rub off on me. I want to have that praise in my heart for what I've been delivered and forgiven from. When a person praises Yahweh or dances before Yahweh with all their might, instead of despising them like Michal did David, rejoice with them. Smile and say, Thank you, Yahweh, for touching that brother. Thank you, Yahweh, for touching that sister. As I close, let me say this. Oh, how I wish that I could have been there that day when David danced before Yahweh. (laughs) I've danced before Yahweh before. I can't say that I've ever done it with all of my might. I may try to soon. I don't believe you have to be in the Spirit to dance. But if you start dancing, you might get in the Spirit. I learned that from Brother Arnold. I wonder what it looked like. I wonder what others people thought. I bet the common people were down there thinking, Woo! All right. (laughs) This is the king. He's down here with us. And look, you know, humility. David was righteous. He's right here with us. David humbled himself that day. When he got home, Michal came out and greeted him with those words of sarcasm. But David said to her, he looked at his wife and he said, Wife, it was before Yahweh. What I did was before Yahweh. I wasn't trying to impress or not impress anybody. I wasn't trying to make myself high. I wasn't trying to be something that I'm not. I danced before Yahweh with all of my might. He said, Yahweh chose me. Yahweh appointed me as ruler in Israel. So that means I will celebrate before Yahweh. And I will humble myself even more. And he told her, if you're not going to honor me, then the servant girls, they'll honor me. So it's time that we forget about ourselves. It's time to praise Yahweh for His goodness. He's been so good to us. So good to us. Brother Jerry, He's treated us a thousand times better than we ever deserve. A million times. He's blessed us so good. He's an awesome, loving, caring Father. And let us bring Him a true sacrifice of praise. And when we do so, may we offer it to Him with all of our might. Help us, Yahweh. Help us to do it, all of us. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Father Yahweh, I thank You today for Your Word. I pray that it would be more than just a sermon. I pray that You wouldn't let me leave here and forget about the words of Scripture that they would be so near and dear to my heart that I would put them to practice. For what does it profit a man if he says he has faith and has no works? Can that faith save him? Father, help me to be a man of both faith and works. Help me, Father Yahweh, to love you with all my heart and to praise you as a sacrifice with all my might. I love you, Father Yahweh. It's through your Son I pray. Amen. Yahweh bless you,